What is up, everybody? I am Sean, and I am back, back again for another episode of the Slinging Scuds podcast. We are already on episode number 32. We are just cruising along here. We're going to get right into it this week. A whole bunch of giant stuff to talk about. Uh, the last week, seven games since we last talked, and uh, more, you know, Giants like baseball. Uh, they were swept in three by the first place Dodgers. Man, those Dodgers are really good, huh? Uh, their starting pitching is fantastic. They've got a strong bullpen, and, and they have an offense that can put together runs in a hurry. That is going to be a really tough team to beat in October. But uh, October baseball is a crapshoot, and right now they're without their ace, Clayton Kershaw. They did pick up Hugh Darvish at the trade deadline, so they've got some firepower. They've got plenty of firepower. That Dodgers team... Is scary, not just this year, but it looks like a, a, a machine for years to come. After getting swept by three in Los Angeles, they head to the annual Bay Bridge Series where they split four games with Oakland. They take one in Oakland, one in San Francisco. They split the four games. Thursday's game specifically. Let's focus on that. Last night is Thursday's game. Ty Block. How about this kid? He gets plenty of offensive runs support, 11 runs on the board for him. He makes it hold up. He threw eight fantastic innings. He's just he's he's so good at controlling the strike zone. And when he's getting guys to roll over on his pitches, he's really just so good. Two runs allowed, seventh one of the season. He just looks more and more every time he goes out there like a legitimate part of a big league rotation. But even more impressive than the pitching, the three-run home run he hit in the fifth inning, I believe it was. The first three-run home run in San Francisco by a giant this year comes from Ty Block. And it's his, he says it's his first home run since high school, which is just incredible. It went to dead center field. He really put a charge in. And I've probably said this before, and I'm going to say it a lot. I really love watching Ty Block work. Everything about him. He's such a professional. Great on the mound. He really can control the strike zone. Really can shut a lineup down. At the plate, the guy can hit. The guy can really hit. Uh, this was the, the display of power he showed against Oakland, though. We haven't seen that yet, but yeah, he's a good hitter. He really can can put together an at-bat a lot better than a lot of pitchers, so he's really good at that. And then defensively, you know, he's a former minor league gold glover, and he's, he's a very smart player, very smart. He knows where to be, knows to uh, stay behind a runner and maybe catch him sleeping when he's trying to get a big lead or or trying to make a big turnaround first base, catch him sleeping a little bit. He's done that once this year. He's a very good player. All around, I just I love watching his game because you know you're going to see most likely a well-pitched game, well-defended game. He's going to keep the defense involved. He's a great ball player and, and very excited to see where he can go from here next season. He's already pretty much guaranteed himself a, a pretty big role in the rotation in 2017. But before we go... And talk about the future. Let me just quickly backtrack to the trade deadline. We mentioned you Darvish going to the Dodgers. The Dodgers, they were in business. The Giants, however, were not. They made their one trade, which is sending Eduardo Nunez to Boston for a couple of prospects. And uh, it was just, it was a really bad year to be a seller. It was a really bad year to be a seller. There were not a lot of teams buying. And the Giants just had a lot of guys who weren't performing very well. You know, Johnny Cueto was probably an easily movable piece had he not struggled badly and had all these injuries. He, he left his last start, his rehab start, because of tightness in his forearm. Luckily, it's nothing more than 
just a strain, nothing uh, that's gonna nothing that's gonna make him undergo surgery or anything. But it's just it's a really tough year, and and from the sounds of it, Bobby Evans said uh, he could have made a deal just for the sake of making a deal, but there was no there there wasn't really a, a deal that really needed to be done, and I can I can understand they would how they would stand still in that case. You know, if you're not going to get a worthy return for a guy, you don't really need to trade him at this juncture. You can trade him in August as a waiver trade. The offseason is probably where most of the action is going to be if the Giants are serious about moving some pieces around. Uh, the offseason, when you have a lot of teams that are looking to trade, would be a better time to do it. So I'm willing to give this front office a couple more months to see what they can do, uh, see what they do in August and then what they do in uh, November, December, and, and, and heading into spring training is the roster we have now, the roster we see when we're watching the Giants on a daily basis is, is probably going to look pretty different next year. Let's fast forward now back to the present. Thursday was a big day for roster moves and, and changes to the roster. Connor Gillespie designated for assignment. He was a good Giant. Uh, you know, his, his 2016 postseason Heroics will not be forgotten for what he did in, in Game 4 of the NLDS and Game game 3 and Game 4. You know, he had the big triple in Game 3 and then in Game 4, what, four hits? And then, of course, the wild card game, the game-winning three-run home run in the ninth inning. And this season, he just, back injuries really derailed him multiple times and he can never really get his swing together on a consistent basis when he was on the field. He did have a couple big pinch hit home runs, which you, you can never discount things like that. But, you know, his at-bats could be given to somebody else, and in this case it's going to be Ryder Jones. He was brought up on Thursday to come back up and get a real extended look, a real solid look here to see what exactly he brings. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Connor Gillespie gets claimed on waivers by somebody because, you know, that kind of uh, – Postseason experience, the things he did last year, that doesn't go unnoticed. Teams know what he did. And uh, getting a pinch hitter off the bench that, that has a lot of success like Gillespie does, you know, a couple home runs in the past two or three weeks, that doesn't go unnoticed either. So I wouldn't be surprised if somebody in contention takes a flyer on Connor Gillespie and says, hey, we're, we're willing to give you uh, time here to help us. But for now, the Giants just aren't really in that position. They aren't in position to give a guy like Gillespie time when they could be giving it to Ryder Jones. And uh, Jay Gim Wong was also sent back to AAA. Wong just, he hasn't been able to get it together in the big leagues yet. And he might be able to at some point, but right now, he's just not doing it. Jared Parker's also back. He was activated off the 60-day disabled list. So Ryder Jones, Jarrett Parker, both in the lineup on Thursday, and they both, right off the bat, made an impact. And in, uh, in his first big league stint, Ryder Jones goes one for twenty-one. So of course, in his first two big league at bats back in the in the in San Francisco, a couple of hits and his first career RBI. Of course, Jarrett Parker was three for twenty-one before he got hurt back in April. So of course, in his return, he goes three for four with a couple doubles and three RBIs. Of course, that's just how it goes. You know I'm not the biggest Jarrett Parker fan there is if you've been following along with me for a while, but I'm excited to have a guy like Parker who is a, a legitimate power threat every time he steps up to the plate. 
a legitimate threat to go deep. And honestly, he's not going to do that every time. He's going to strike out a lot. He's going to, you know, sometimes he's going to get singles and doubles like he did on Thursday. But he is a true power threat, and the team doesn't have a lot of true power threats. Brandon Belt did hit his 18th home run on Thursday as well. So he ties his career high, and with, you know, just about two months left to go, he's knocking on the door of 20. So really good for him. So bringing back Jones and Parker, they're, they're trying, the Giants are trying to get into this whole youth movement thing. And it's the kind of season now where they can give chances to younger players, but, you know, they're still handcuffed because it's 2017 and they're not allowed to have nice things. Uh, Christian Arroyo hurt, Tyler Beatty hurt, Austin Slater hurt. Those are, those are three guys who would probably be getting long extended chances right now if they weren't hurt, especially Tyler Beatty, Tyler Beatty would likely already have a spot in the big leagues because Johnny Cueto is out and uh, probably not going to be back in, in August is Cueto. So, you know, that would be a, at least a month of Tyler Beatty getting chances every five days. And now that Matt Kane has also been pushed out of the rotation, that would be more opportunities for Beatty, but <laughs> it's just not meant to be this year. Instead, Kane is out of the rotation, and Chris Stratton is going to take his spot. Stratton has been uh, up and down for the last couple years, uh, going from AAA to the Giants. He's never put up really great numbers in either spot. But this is a chance to you know, put some confidence in the kid. Give him, a, give him the ball every fifth day for a couple weeks and say, hey, go get him. This is your game. Let's, do, let's go do this. If, if Stratton doesn't really put together – couple good starts in a row. Then you have uh, maybe a guy like Andrew Suarez down in AAA. He's pitching really, really well down in AAA. You know, look at Suarez's last three starts with the Sacramento Rivercats. Six innings of two earned run ball, uh, seven innings of one run ball with a career high, with a season high nine strikeouts. And then his last start, seven shutout innings, gave up only five hits, struck out six. So he's on a good roll right now. If he can continue that, Bruce Bochy has already said very nice things about the kid. So if he can keep that up and Stratton, you know, doesn't really grab hold of this job right now, you know, there's a shot for him, possibly. You know, a guy like Steven Duggar, another uh, exciting prospect that's just hurt. He's just been hurt all season, hamstring, and has really held him back. And he's he's down in San Jose right now. He's trying to get healthy, trying to put his swing together, but it's just it's too late in the season for him to put it together and get a call to the big leagues. With how bad Denard's band has played in center field lately, this would be a great opportunity to give a guy like Duggar a long look. He's a true center fielder. He's got great speed and great range. See what he can do at the big league level. Instead, injuries have really cost them that opportunity. And speaking of Denard's band, they also announced, Bruce Bochy did, that He's talked to Denard Spann about potentially moving to left field next season. Uh, this is that happened with Angel Pagan. Pagan just couldn't roam center field on an everyday basis anymore. They put him in left field, and he wasn't great, but he was better. That wouldn't happen this year, though. This is a, a spring training type move where they would put him, they would give him the whole exhibition season to to get used to playing there. But that would raise the question of who plays center field. Uh, do you go out and sign a free agent? Uh, Lorenzo Kane is is the popular name being thrown around. He's the the big outfielder, center fielder, that will be a free agent this year. 
Uh, Gorkis Hernandez, you're going to put him in the lineup every day? He can cover center field. He's been so much better over the past two months, both offensively and defensively. He, the first two months were painful to watch. He couldn't hit, and I guess he took it out in the field with him because he couldn't really catch up to anything either. But now he is making great plays in the outfield, and he is hitting the ball well. But he's not an everyday player. He's not the kind of guy you want to stick out in the lineup and, and give him 130 starts. You know, he's a fourth outfielder, fifth outfielder type. That's about it. They would have to do something to get somebody else in center field if they do decide to move Denard Spann. And then, you know, Denard Spann would then be taking a chance away from a guy like Parker, Mac Williamson. Chris Shaw is going to be close next year. You know, if you if you put him in left field, you're also pushing those guys back even further. So this is there's a lot going on there. A lot they're going to have to to think about next season. But that's next season. Right now, we have no idea. Uh, one one good thing that's happened in the past week has been the debut of Carlos Moncrief, ten year veteran of the minor leagues. He finally got his big league chance with the Giants, and he's done well. He's three for six. Which, you know, 500 average never looks bad. Uh, he's got a first career double, first career RBI, first career hit, all these firsts. And I, I really enjoy watching him. He's got a cannon for an arm. He pitched a little bit in Sacramento, so he's got a cannon. He can throw 97. And uh, I really enjoy watching him put together an at-bat. He can really work a count. He's very good at laying off, you know, the, the hard curveballs down. It's a lot of guys are in their first big league action they have problems with. Carlos hasn't really had that problem. It's been very nice to have a guy like that come up, you know, a guy who's been fighting through the minor leagues for 10 years coming up and, and making an impact. That's fun to see. That's always fun to see. And uh, it, a season like this gives us at least that, where we get to see a guy finally achieve that dream that he's been chasing for so long, and that's pretty cool. So the final point I guess I want to get to today is is thinking more about next season as well. Um, can this team actually compete next year? That is a tough question to answer. I, I, I think it would have to start with the starting pitching. That means Johnny Cueto and Matt Moore specifically. Cueto probably not going to opt out now. His market value has taken a big, big hit this year, so he's probably here for another four years. On his contract. This is a guy who I don't really think is going to put together another rough season like this. If the blister problems are fixed, if the the forearm problem isn't serious like they say, I don't think he's going to replicate a, a, a 4.59 ERA and a 1.401 whip. I just don't think he's going to do that. He's too talented a pitcher. He's too smart and savvy a pitcher to put those numbers up again. He's only going to be 32. He's not yet on that on that age where we should be worried about him taking a huge fall off a cliff. I don't think this is a huge fall off a cliff. I think it's a guy who came into camp late because of his sick father, and then he got behind the eight ball because of all the blister problems, and he just never really got it together. I think... Out of everybody on this team, I would expect Johnny Cueto to bounce back more than the rest. Matt Moore, on the other hand, has been terrible. 587 ERA, 1.598 whip. It's bad. Really bad. And he 
sort of looked like he was starting to put something positive together in the past few weeks. His last three starts before Wednesday were actually really good. The only thing was just one big inning came back to bite him. And besides that, I thought this is is an improvement. This is the start of something he can carry over. And then he took the mound Wednesday, and it was right back to the same old Matt Moore. He wasn't getting ahead in the count. He wasn't putting guys away with his pitch. He was leaving too much in the middle of the plate, and he wasn't getting ahead in the count. And he was getting hit. He was getting hit hard. And I just don't know what to do with Matt Moore. I have no clue what they can do with him. He has been very bad. Very bad. I mean, you hope for the best. He's still a cheap and relatively young left-hander. So you, he can be a fourth starter next year. think the rotation is going to be at this point. Bumgarner, Zamarja, Cueto, and Moore, and Block bringing up the rear. That's a solid five. But they need more from Matt Moore. They need more from Johnny Cueto. They need more from a lot of guys. But I think if they... If they're serious about coming back next year and not putting together an embarrassing season like this year, it would have to start with rotation. And it would also have to be an improvement in the bullpen if they're really serious. And of course, everybody knows this, that the Giants bullpen is not good. But the, the biggest thing that stands out, and I've mentioned this a few weeks ago, is inherited runners. These guys just cannot strand inherited runners. They are allowing 40% of inherited runners to score, which is terrible. The three that stand out, Corey Guerin, 14 out of 26 inherited runners scored. 46% strand rate. Terrible. George Contos, 15 out of 33 inherited have scored. That's a 55% strand rate. That's terrible. And Hunter Strickland, 12 out of 23 inherited have scored, that's only a 48% strand rate. That's terrible. I think the bullpen is going to get a natural boost as long as Mark Melanson can stay healthy and get back to himself. And with Will Smith coming back, hopefully it's good Will Smith coming back and not, uh, well, he missed a year and now he's going to be bad Will Smith. I'm very excited to see what Will Smith can do with another year. He's a cheap reliever and he's got a lot of team control left. Uh, Sam Dyson will also be available in the earlier innings. He's not going to be the closer if Melanson is healthy, so that should help. But they need more from the other guys. They don't have a a solid left-handed option right now. Josh Osich, his last few games has been terrible. Steven Okert has never really shown any kind of consistency at the big league level. Then you have... Contos, who a couple years ago was the best in baseball at straining inherited runners, and he's just not doing that now. And it's not, I don't I don't put this all on George Contos because he gets put in a lot of shitty situations. He takes over a lot of bases loaded one out situations, runners on the corners with one out, uh, you know, two on with nobody out. He gets a lot of bad situations, and that hurts. But they need to clean this up as a team. Hunter Strickland, Corey Guerin, George Contos, those are the main three I think need improve in inherited runners. And it's 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 not all their fault because they're already naturally getting put in a bad situation. But when you come in with two out and a runner on first and you let that runner on first score, that's a big problem. And these are all problems that the team will need to fix. And 
it will. I, I do believe it will get better. I do believe this team is better. Kyle Crick, Sam Dyson, Mark Melanson, Will Smith. Jo- I do believe Josh Osich is not as bad as he has looked in the past two weeks because his that has been very bad. <clears throat> but there was a stretch there for about three weeks or so where he looked, you know, like a world beater. He was controlling three different speeds and throwing strikes. And he was getting strikeouts at a rate that he hadn't been doing at the big league level. And I, I think Osich can still be an option, but they need consistency, and there isn't a lot of that. So there's a lot of things that need to improve. Starting pitching and relieving has to be the top two improvements if they're really serious about getting back to competitive baseball next year. It's not going to happen without the the great pitching staff to overcome this still lackluster offense. The, the offense isn't going to get fixed just because they sign a guy like Lorenzo Cain, just because they bring up Chris Shaw, Jared Parker, Ryder Jones. There's a lot of tweaks that need to be done to this offense. I think it would be easier, first and foremost, have the pitching improve. I think that's the most... Uh, feasible way of making this team better. Now, I'm not extremely confident that this team is going to be a ton better next year, but I can see a path where they believe, you know what, this is just a really, really bad season and we're going to get better. I can see a path from worst to a wild card spot. I can see it happen. But a lot of things need to go right for that to happen. But I think that is about all I have this week. I'm going to cut it short right there. That was very productive, I think. So thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. There's no Q&A this week because uh, flat out I forgot to ask. So my bad. But until next time, good night and don't swing anything in the dirt.